your traps, little my nigga, I feel sorry for you. Sorry, nigga. Cause we banging hand to hand, getting it in them holes. I'm talking transactions, CDS, them distributions. We going hard with this shit, we need our restitution. I love my nigga, so I do whatever for my dog. Nigga, say he need me, and I got him, he'll never fall. I'm coming in the clutch, something like I'm Kyrie. You niggas bluffing, man, I wish you niggas would try. Be down, and guess what? We need answers. All right, uh, we need answers podcast in here again, episode sixty-one. Um, got my my aunt, one of my father, youngest brothers, Cassini, in here. We back on the um PTSD uh series. Um, last one I believe is with Kia, and this one we got Cassini in here. Um, like we it's sort of similar to the the real Y episode. But we talk about just the city, what the city mean to you, and how to, what what the city gave you, what you give back, and all of that, um, positive and negative. The PTSD is another joint, just basically on how the effects of the community and effects of things us as a people, us as Baltimore City have, and um, has it has on the city and us on the people, and it's just the controlling. But um, Sandy just want to share his story. And um, another aspect of where all this type of stuff come from. So, uh, you talk about your upbringing. If you could introduce yourself, talk about how you, you know. So, yeah. Um, my name is Cassini. Most of everybody know me by Beans. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at mybitch.beans. Um, I think my anxiety and PTSD came at a very young age. I grew up around the area of McKean and Baker, mm-hmm. 1500 block to the 1600 block. Um, my mom would work regular, a nine to five for, uh, um, I think, I believe at that time she was a social worker. Mm-hmm. And my dad was absent. Um, so my primary uh, caregiver, majority of the time, was Aunt Mary. She lived in the 1500 block of McKean. So one night she had asked me, and we have a cousin named Sean um, to go up to the Chinese store up on North Avenue. Mm-hmm. So while he was in there placing the order, there was a guy that was running out of the alley off of McKean, off of North Avenue. And just, just so happened, he just ran in front of me, but it was two guys chasing him. Man, they beat that guy so bad, his brain came out on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so for me... I was traumatized. My cousin was like, come on, we got to go. And it was something that we talked about on the way to take her to food, and I act like it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But it really did. And How old was you? I think I was like six, seven. Okay. So after we gave her the food, I went around the house, um, said something to my mother about it, and I remember going in, and she was on the kitchen phone. And 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 I was calling her name, and she was like, don't you see me on the phone? It was one of those situations where I was supposed to say, excuse me, mm. I need to say something, mm. right? But I thought it was that serious that she could just get off the phone and just holler at me mm. because I was really looking for the security blanket of saying, you know, Cassini's going to be okay. Mm. What you saw is abnormal. And had that dialogue, had that conversation with me, because I believed I was mature enough and smart enough to have that type of conversation. But what she did was she said, hold on, what is it? And I I told her what happened, and she was like, she paused. And her response was, well, you safe now, you in in the house. Just go downstairs to your room and wait for dinner to be be ready, right? Mm-hmm. So that was something that I had to sit with and try to figure out at a very young age and find find some kind of sanity mm-hmm. in the midst of the confusion and why my mother just gave me this answer that basically, for me, pacified the situation instead of giving me edification. Okay. Okay. So I believe that was the part of the beginning or was the beginning for me for the anxiety and the PTSD, mm-hmm. I just wasn't diagnosed with it, so I yeah. didn't know. Right, right. 
I think for a lot of young men growing up in Baltimore City, we deal with a lot of heartache that we don't talk about and a lot of uh, misguidance and the lack of support for where we are in that instance and moment. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is all of us may be in the same grade in the same class, but you may not know your times table. So because you don't know your times table, we're going to ridicule you instead of taking the opportunity to teach you. So now you're going through elementary school, middle school, faking the funk like you know it, mm -hmm. and then they got the No Child Left Behind Act. So that creates a whole nother systematic way of dysfunction for the black man as far as the, my generation, our generation coming from mm -hmm. a Baltimore City school system. Right, right. So you're dealing with that and you're dealing with the trauma that you're dealing with on a daily basis at home and what you're dealing with in the streets. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, transitioning a little bit down the line, you ended up getting in a situation that almost got you 20 years? Oh uh, No, it, it got me 20 years. Okay. It got me 20 years. That was like, for me, the most chaotic time because I had a son that I love more than this world. Hey, Carter. What's up, Carter? Me and his mom was at a place where she was trying to figure out where she was and where she wanted to go in life. And I was at a place where I had just got out of a previous situation on this murder charge. So I was like, what am I going to do? I don't have no kind of skills. My education is sporadic, but I'm decent with book knowledge. But how can I apply that to life right now to where I can take care of my son, mom, and I can take care of him and me at the same time? Mm -hmm. And I think at that time I was living in, in a vacant out Catonsville. Mm -hmm. I was running an electric cord from the house to the rec center behind the house. Mm. So oh, yeah, it was this. This was like this is, Carter was born oh nine. So a little bit, probably like two thousand ten, okay. two thousand eleven. Okay. No, yeah, somewhere around that time. So I remember it was his birthday. And his mother was like, "Yo, his birthday coming up. I would like to do something for him. You know, something nice." where both our families can come and, you know, just partake and just chill, kick it, whatever. I took it as that's what she wanted indefinitely, and that's what she was planning for. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. My peoples went to jail. I was fucked up. Man, so what I resorted to, what I knew best, was picking that gun up. Mm. At that time, that was just where I was in my psychological thinking. It was, and then I made it worse because I brought another guy along with me that ain't had no business with the Jimmy Rat. Shouldn't have been on it at all, yo. Hey, yo, cuz listen, <laughs> at all. And it's crazy because a nigga told me, yo, smoke this blunt. And maybe after the blunt, you have a different, maybe your energy be different. <laughs> right, right. You feel me? Yeah. I'm like, yo, mm -hmm. say that bitch for after. Right. You right, feel me? Because right. I'm already in the mood. Bitch, you going, yeah, you going to drive and we about to get this thing done because I want to make sure I make them happy. Okay. So it's more of a, a pride thing than anything. Oh, my God. I was so, I was so stuck in that place where... I wanted everybody to be okay that was around me. And you wanted to be the provider. Ain't no question. The man. Ain't no question. Right. That was something that, as a, as me, what I think is, is, is what men supposed to do. Right, right. We all. So that. I'm looking at it like I'm looking at it at a. I'm like, yo, what can I put on this paper so I can get me a nine and five and take care of all three of us? And shit, I'm gonna put on this paper mm -hmm. won't be good enough for somebody to hire me. Right. You feel me? Yeah. What am I going to do? And the only thing you knew was to get it your own way. And it's crazy because I really believe if I would have not involved y'all, I would have been cool. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Because I know what the fuck I was, you know what I mean, right. getting into. But I think that was God's way of telling me, 
you keep taking things into your own hands. So let me let me drive the wheel. Yeah, ain't let no me, question. Yeah, yeah. It's the blizzard, 2011, man. The shit just hit. Mm. The nigga car got stuck. Your car? No. Nah. Oh, the dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Bitch, I walked two miles to get a shovel. <laughs> oh, you was making sure this plan to go Listen, in this thing. <laughs> I wasn't playing with him. I said, yo, I'm going to make sure she happy. I'm going to get some money for her. Yeah. I'm going to go rent out half of the bowling alley. Open bar. Right. I'm going to do something slick. Mm. You feel me? To make sure everybody happy. And I want just want them to be good. So what you end up doing? <laughs> <laughs> and dug the car out and just went on a, a robbing spree mm. that day ain't no question and your homeboy just was driving the whole time I mean he was doing whatever he was doing All right. but yeah <laughs> and then so then y'all got caught oh ain't no y'all it, it wasn't together oh okay it was it was just I don't know what the fuck transpired, but I know once I walked in the bitch, he was already locked oh, up. Oh, this is the gas station or something, right? Yeah. Something like, okay, okay. I remember now. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so they, so you go to court and they, they, they are, they saying you gonna get what? The lawyer, yo said five. Mm. He said five because they ain't got shit on you. Mm. I said you, cool. Wait, before you go, you said you had an attempt murder before this? It was a whole nother situation. Okay. All right. It was a whole nother situation. All right. Well, go. This is the one that, that, finish your story. Go ahead. So, this situation, they was like, yo, can't holler at me. Like, yo, they didn't give you five, whatever. You're going to work out. Mm -hmm. Go in there and say, you're going to take the Jimmy Mack, the, the plea agreement, whatever. I said, all right. I said, you sure? He said, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm your lawyer. Right, right. I represented your 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 other nephew. Mm -hmm. You following anybody else? I'm mm -hmm. like, yo, you good? Right. I'm like, all right, cool. Right. Judge said, yo, you gonna take this? Is the lawyer already talked to you? I said, yeah. She said, you already in compliance? I said, yeah. She said, all right. At the end of the joint, he hit the gavel and said, 20 years. I Damn. look, I look at Joe and say, yo, what the fuck? Right. That's not what we agreed on. That's not what you said. Right. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I look at my mother and them, everybody and my father. I'm like, what the fuck? Everybody looking puzzled because that's not what he said. Mm -hmm. So he just threw the shit out me. But I'm not saying I wasn't guilty, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying that's not what you said. Yeah. You feel me? But nonetheless, it is what it is. So they gave me 20, spent it all but 10. I went in. I went straight to RCI. Where that's at? Hagerstown. Okay. And what was that experience like? This is your first time being incarcerated? Ain't no question. Okay. It was eye-opening. It was so much an eye-opener that everything that I was looking for in the streets, that's what the fuck that, 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 that place provided me. Okay. The only thing you didn't have was a car. Okay. A physical car. Right. Other than that, it was just like being on the streets. But for me, I took it as a time as where not only could I find who I really wanted to be, but also come to some conclusion of what I wanted to do. Okay. And how I want to come home and, and execute this and why I wanted to execute that and, and what kind of tip I wanted to be on. So for me, prison not only redefined me, but gave me my true identity because prison either going to break you or, or it's going it. to make you. So it forced you to sit down and think, take some time to yourself. No, no question. I was surrounded nothing but, man, it's like 98 niggas on, on a tier. Mm -hmm. How long have you in there? Five and some chains. Okay. Maybe close to six because I did the rest of it on home monitor. Okay. Okay, and that that so the what, what was your plan when you was in there, for when you to come home? My first plan was to get the fuck up out of here. Baltimore. I was like, 
Oh no, just out of prison. Oh okay. Like my okay. my short term girl was just make it out of here. Uh-huh. The same way I mean that God allowed me to come in this bitch. Right. The only thing different was I had hair when right. I went in. Right. <laughs> you <Yeah>. tell me. <laughs> then them jeans started kicking in and that that, that shit kicked started. in. The stress kicked in. That shit oh, yeah. was real. On yo, double time. Yo, double nigga. Because <laughs> I never knew when you first get locked up. Mm. They, they. The, the cell I was in didn't have no mirror, so I didn't know what I looked like. Okay. You feel me? So niggas on the table was like, yo, bang, yo, you, you Just a window? At the top. Huh? Was it, was it the doors? It was like the sliding doors yeah. or it was the Yeah, okay. man, it supposed to have been in, uh, just, uh, uh, um, a joint, but it was scratched. It was like a, like a little silver, like little plate type thing, okay. right? A little plastic shit. And it's it just a little up, square that you can see, see through. Yeah, you can see straight on the table. Okay, okay. So... I don't know what I'm looking like. So the nigga like, yo, you know, you thinning at the top. <laughs> but the whole top, I just don't know how to bit. Yeah. So I didn't know the nigga was bitting on me. Okay. So I'm really got a complex now that I'm thinning. I'm like, yo, am I really going ball around yeah. and look, looking crazy? Yeah. I'm about to go to court looking crazy. So the lawyer, so now I'm about like seven months in. So you're like, mm. yo, you really going to go to court like that? <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> so I was like, so I was like, yo, why not? Right. He's like, yo, get it done. Right. I said, Huh? Yeah. He said, get it done. I said, no. Let, I'm not let a nigga no bring it. I said, yo, we're going to cut this shit off. We're yeah. going to cut this shit off. Fuck right, it, it's right. time to go. Right, right. We ain't going to do that. Yeah. Fuck it, it's time yeah. to go. <laughs> so you ended up, so the five years passed, and then you ended up going back to court, and that's when they granted you the. the no, I ain't even had to go. So they gave me a mandatory drug program. So I did Gardenzia. They transferred me out of RCI around like my fifth year, going into my fifth year, and they sent me over to MCTC. And then I started the drug program. What, Crownsville? Um, no, I was still out, I was still out, um, out Hagerstown. It was a drug program inside the prison. Oh, okay, okay. So it was Gardenzia, but okay. it was in, in the prison. Okay, gotcha. So after I finished that, and how ironic, yo, after I finished that, I'm supposed to go home, so my mother, like, she flew from Mississippi come up here to see me. So she's like, yo, I'm going to see you on the day that these posters transport you back to Baltimore. So, you know, because I was there in the beginning or whatever. Some sentimental type mm-hmm. shit, you feel mm-hmm. me? So I'm like, all right, I'll see you when you get here. Man, them bitches hit myself that morning and said, Crosby, come downstairs. Bring your ID and a pen with you. So I'm thinking it's like some legal mail, mm-hmm. a magazine or something they forget. Something from your mother. Yeah, something. Man, them niggas bring me a motherfucking ticket. To what? Huh? Oh, a ticket. Oh, and you got caught up. No, I ain't get caught up. It was something fraudulent. They gave me a ticket <laughs> for a dirty. Oh, they said shit. I was using butcher morphine. You wasn't? No. <laughs> I don't get high. Okay. You feel me? I was so fucking mad. So I go on the tears like, I, cause I'm, I'm literally just fucked up with this ticket because I'm supposed to go home. Right. There's no way to beat this bitch. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, so I holler at my man Sparks. It's me. It's no, I holler at the nigga Sparks. From down Lanville and Port, and his little man Cam. So I'm telling them, like, yo, I got a fucking dirty for a beat. So the Cam dumbass, like, bitch, I ain't know you get high the whole time. You could have been getting high with. Mm. I'm like, bitch, I don't get high. Mm. You feel me? I'm like, this shit is crazy. So niggas explaining, like, yo, you sure you put the you put the top on there on the right one, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, niggas done did this shit a million times. Yeah. Ain't no, you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. just fucking with a nigga. Mm-hmm. Man, I go up for the ticket. Them bitches give me two years. Damn. So you had to stay two more years? Check it. That's how it was supposed to work out, uh-huh. two years. Uh-huh. So I'm about eight months in on the lock-up sentence. Mm-hmm. The door hit. Boom, boom, boom. No, matter of fact, let me rewind this. Mm-hmm. My cell buddy, 18-year-old. The nigga off the chain, nigga like 6162. When I say mental health issues, mm-hmm. this nigga was going crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with Joe this day. Mm-hmm. The nigga left his pictures outside my door and we on lock up. So the nigga holler at me, nigga keep calling my name like beans, beans, beans. You got some pictures outside your door? So I'm like, nah. So the nigga took your shit. So yo in the cell, like, yo, why you ain't say that was yours? I'm like, first of all, you ain't say shit to me about right. no pictures being outside the door when the nigga was calling my name. Right. And second of all, what kind of dumbass shit y'all got going on around this bitch <laughs> where niggas is taking pictures? Right, know? right. That's all the nigga got in that bitch. Yeah, yeah. So this nigga telling t- t- the nigga he gonna kill him and all this shit outside the door. So I'm in a cell with this nigga like, yo, this nigga is geeking. Mm-hmm. 
I promise you, yo, I'm reading a devotion on the top bunk. I'm reading a devotion. The door hit twice. Boom, boom. The sergeant comes to the door. Yo, like, Crosby, pack up. So I'm like, where am I going? Yo, like, um, it's too crowded. Mm. We're going to put you in this drug program on uh, on another tier. Basically, still don't lock up, but you get the freedom of using the phone and uh, okay. using the microwave or whatever, but uh. you still here for a period of time, and then you can transition back into population or whatever. I'm like, crazy. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Right on time. What? Right on time. <laughs> and then he say, yo, he may not come when you want him. Yeah, but he always, he always on, on time. Because I don't know what fact. the fuck that could have led to. That's a fact, right, right, right. She could have definitely got shit. ugly. Definitely could have got ugly. Because he was fucked up. Right. So Baltimore nigga? No. Oh, okay. PG. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He from uh, Brycey Road. Okay. That's my I man. Hit. He locked up. Oh, he uh, he did something crazy. But anyway. Um, you were saying how the, you got the, the, the uh, two years... So boom, I come off. Mm -hmm. I get the letter from the eighty five oh seven um program that used to be over um East Baltimore, comp the public safety compact program. They send me a letter like, yo, we rescind your whole um coming home shit because you want you ain't supposed to have no infractions. Okay. Supposed to be made infraction free until they pull you. Mm -hmm. I got an infraction. The ticket. The ticket. Mm -hmm. So they told me I couldn't come home no more. Mm -hmm. So I'm sick now. Mm -hmm. I'm sick as a bitch. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, so how much long I got to do? I come off, I go down building seven. I'm down there, bitch, for like six months. Niggas start paroling out. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there like, yo, it may be a chance I might get a letter and they be like, yo, they're going to bring me up. Mm. Man, I come off, I came off in June. I got a letter about August. They say mm. they wanted to holler at me in September. Okay. Man, I went in that motherfucker so confident. I had pictures laid out of all y'all. Mm. I said, you see my family? Yeah. said, they waiting for me to come home. They got jobs from me. I had letters typed up and all that. Right. The, 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 the person on the TV screen was like, I don't even know what to say. Mm. You just said the whole, I'm like, I ain't playing. I'm trying to get out of here, right, man. Right, right, right. Because for me, it was, it, it was it's nothing but stagnation, yo, because... First thing, I hate wearing the same thing every day. You got the four, you got one color gray. Yeah, I got four different sweatsuits, whole bunch of tennis, but I'm I'm looking like everybody else. <laughs> niggas smell the same. Yeah, ain't nothing slick going on. Right, that the niggas with the green and all that other dumb ass shit. You yeah. feel me? Yeah, but other than that, niggas ain't ain't shit going on. Right, same nothing. Motion, it's yeah. the same shit. Day in and day out. So that that to me that would force me to be like I got I and I'm not saying that you didn't, but when you say that it it for it make me think like this is the more reason not to do everything I was doing to get in this bitch because I don't want to be nothing like none of these niggas in here. It Crazy. wasn't it wasn't so more more of that because it was niggas that I, I actually love in there like niggas that I grew bonds with. Okay, that that elevated me in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Feel what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that I would want to be in there, but I don't regret nothing that I went through. You gained what you gained out of it. Yeah. You feel I me? You. I'm, I'm, Cause the men that taught me shit, it, yo, you're not. Ain't nobody got time to teach you that on the street. Right. Especially not at this age. And a matter of fact, <laughs> and it's crazy because I try to remember this guy's name since I've been home. Right. Uh -huh. His name is Mr. Johnson. Mm -hmm. RCI. As soon as I hit the door, yo said I like you. Mm -hmm. He sat me down, had a conversation with me. He said, you got some smarts. Mm. You're intelligent. You don't belong in here. He asked me, I got family, blah, blah, blah. I told him I had a son and where I was at with family. He said, you he like, man, listen, you got something to get home to. He asked me how much time I got. Mm. He said, all right, you can do that. Right. And he signed me up for every program. You okay. Mm -hmm. And he signed me up for every program imaginable in RC. I did every one. I think the most impactful was Men for Life. The Men for Life program helped me establish my identity as a black man in my community and where I could possibly take it. And it also taught me that a lot of us have some form of disability, but if we have a support system and a willingness to get get help, we can fix it. Because that's something that you can fix. Right. Like this right now helps me right. with anxiety and my extreme PTSD. Right. 
Because you give me an outlet yeah. to be able to express myself, uh-huh. talk to you about it. And it's no longer something that's wearing me down because feeling like don't nobody understand what I'm going through mm-hmm. or or you don't understand me. Because I have these moments where I just rage out. You feel what I'm saying? like, And it affects my family. It affects everybody my friends. It affects, it affects everybody. Yeah. And people tired of hearing, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. And but it's something that we really suffer from. Yeah. And it, and it's like we really hurt those that we love the most. Right. And the ones that we shouldn't hurt is the ones that we don't hurt because exactly. we really don't give a fuck about. Right. Right. So how you feel like? Because that's something that's in the community that in a whole like we all got these issues whether we know it or not. How you feel? Like, what's your suggestion on fixing it? How you think we should go about fixing it? Because like the vulnerability part, like my last the last episode that I did. Um, to me, that was like one of the most special ones that I've done for the simple fact that I ain't come up with the title and it was talking about, um, you know, substance abuse and the fact that two two men were, were, were was grateful enough. To, I was grateful enough for two men to come over here and be vulnerable about dealing with addiction. Oh, I, killed, I killed that when I came home from prison. Mm-hmm. Came home, jumped straight into it. I worked, my first joint was... Um, but I'm saying, before you go in there, I'm saying, what do you feel like, because I said that to say that men are not usually vulnerable enough to share what they're going through unless it's rah, rah, gangster, gangster. Oh, so no. what do you feel like, since being in there and what you just stated about <sighs> mental health and, and everything niggas go through, what do you feel like is the answer for us to get better with that? Having more dialogues like this, more open conversations that can establish... Okay. Um, these type of conversations. Okay. But on an individual basis, seek help. Therapy. Ain't no question. I got two of them. Okay. All right. So how does therapy help you? I used to have a therapist. I, I went to a it therapist. Helped me, it helped me. Well, I got one to help me with my personal life, and then I had one to help me with my, um, as with my work. Okay. All right. And they, they both, like, how much, what's the improvement that you've seen yourself since going to them? How long have you been going to both of them? Um, the one, I've been seeing her for almost a year. The other one, probably about five, six months. Okay. And but the you... first time I went to see a therapist, probably about a year or two ago. And how and how did you how, how did you feel about it when you first went? Oh, it was traumatic. It was... Um, you liked it from the jump? No. Yeah, that's because when, when I first it. walked in there, um, he was asking me questions that 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 kind of provoked me and made me feel some type of way that was yeah. uncomfortable. Right. And being at that time, I didn't know how to deal with the uncomfortability. Right, right. I kind of either I'm going to fight, yeah, or I'm gonna react in a way that the other person ain't going like, and they're just going to leave. Yeah. But yo stood his ground. Right, as he should. That's so, his job. So. My wife, then she was my fiance, I believe. She said, because he, he said, he, he asked her, mm-hmm. how can you deal with somebody, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but how do you deal with somebody that this fucked up? So it was like a group therapy? No, she just tagged along with me because she okay. wanted to support him. Okay. Not support me, but oh, be to okay, be okay, like, okay. yo, if you, you get, are. If you get out of hand. Yeah, like, say, you oh, are. Right, like, right, yeah, he okay, good. Okay, like, you, he good. He yeah. just, you just feeling the, the, the rage, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. aggressiveness. But you are. Right. This right. is what you brought about. Right. Right. Feel me? Yeah, it yeah. was that type of okay, why okay. she was there as a, as a, like a mediator. Yeah. So it right? took, it took some time to get to a point where it's just you. Ain't no question. Okay. Because, but that first interaction broke me though, because I, I cried. Mm-hmm. I, that shit broke me. Yeah. Because was, I was never that vulnerable, and especially around a woman that I was trying to impress, and I wanted a certain image to be, like, implanted, implanted on her. Meaning your, your wife. Yeah, like, okay. you, you know how we yeah, are. Like yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. Want, we want our girl to see us a certain I kind see, of way. Yeah, and only that way. Right, right, right. But to, but to, to see that, yeah, I was like, oh, I know she out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no question, because your pastor, your said... How you deal with this? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I just deal with him on, on from a spiritual perspective. It can't be emotional because he'd have been broke and destroyed me. Yeah. So I gotta deal with him from an emotional perspective. That's just something that you should tap into. What's you that? should get her perspective. Okay. On being married to and dealing with somebody with them conditions. Okay. Okay. Let's let's look into that. 
You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. You get get the opposite perspective because yeah. she could give you some shit that I that's gonna be different than what I say. Yeah. But in the beginning of the marriage, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Now it's getting better. We can have communication. Because mm-hmm. beginning in the beginning, I, I don't know how to take um um when somebody speak to you with um with, with sarcasm or being um condescending. Yeah, you you offended. Immediately, immediately. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Yeah. That shit got physical between us. Like it was, it was so bad that I, I actually had to go to therapy because I didn't want to lose my wife. Yeah, these are the traumas that led into that—the PTSD and the anxiety, everything that okay. we bring from our culture, from our environment. Yeah. she's not from our environment. Okay, she don't know what it's like to be bored of Obama. She don't know nothing about that. Okay, she not from it. No, not at all. Okay, so for me, it's like she loved me even when. Nobody would even want to be around me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I didn't want to even take the medication. I think that's why a lot of it got the way that it got because I didn't want to change me. Yeah. But the way that she loved me forced me enough to be able to sit down uh-huh. and to look at myself from a different perspective. But it took time and it took a willingness to be able to say, "Okay, I got a problem. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? Mm-hmm. Do I really?" Love her? Yes, I do. Do I really want the marriage? Yes, I do. So what is it that Cassini has to fix? To make this work. Make it work. Because yeah. even when it got to the max where no woman should stay around, she still stayed there. I say a lot. So for me, when I look in the mirror, or I have a conversation with bro, like I be like, Manny, yo, holler at me, yo, I am think I'm going too far. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take the medication. Right. Help yeah, me see the, something. Help me see something to wear, because sometimes it gets so volatile, or not not so volatile, but it gets so aggressive where I can no longer hear her. Yeah, you, you only. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I I mean, listening to her, I can hear you, yeah. but I'm not listening. Right, right. You only seeing what you hear. And what so you I gotta mean. call you and move. This is what's going on, bro. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Help me see something that I'm not seeing because this is what she's saying. Right. Then you be like, Sandy. Bitch, you geeking. Yeah, yeah. All she's saying is boop, boop, boop. <laughs> right. Calm down. Talk you off that, that Calm cliff. down. It's yeah. the PTSD anxiety. Calm down. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. Yeah. She don't mean no harm. Right. Now, right. It's where, now it's at the point where I say, she say something. I can really listen. Mm-hmm. If I don't, I can feel the heightened energy. Like, this really is a battle, but I can really feel the energy really heightening in myself and I really got to say, hey, babe, can I really uh, can put this conversation on pause and how it led me tomorrow? Yeah. Something about that because anything further is going to push go. you to a place where one, either she right and I'm not ready to deal with the insecurities or two, she just wrong and she not really listening to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So change the whole narrative versus so is, did she did she comply with like that dynamic as far as like not at first first uh, she was well you gonna talk to me now yeah, we yeah, gonna yeah. rectify this now ain't no women trying ain't, to hear ain't, that ain't yeah. no how's you tomorrow yeah bitches you getting <laughs> I just caught you on Facetime with this bitch yeah, no yeah, bitch yeah, I ain't yeah. talk to you tomorrow <laughs> talk to you now right <laughs> you know right, what right. so it's, it's one of those situations now it's like. I can deal with it without having to be confrontational. I can deal with it without having to escalate and be, uh, I don't have to use ostentatious language. Okay. I can really ostracize myself away from the aggressive difference and say, baby, look, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way this is turning. Mm-hmm. So can we just put a pause on this and just, maybe we'll talk about this in like 15, 20 minutes, but right now it's just. I'm at my limit. No. Nah, I say that before then, cause oh. I say, cause maybe she just want to. I don't know. It's one of those where she just want to keep pushing it, so it yeah. give me enough time to just leave. Okay. Without having to have that, like, oh, let me find the exit. Cause yeah. my wife is one of the people that you, she got something to say. She gonna say it. She right. gonna put herself in the mix and be like, nah, you feel me? So I yeah. gotta alleviate that, protect her, and protect myself. Cause I do love her, and I know that I do have a condition, mm. and and others. Right. You feel me? Because. I, I like at work. I gotta know myself, so that's why I, I have to immediately. I can't respond to them like that. Yeah, I'm gonna be fired. Right. So I gotta immediately call EPA or whatever it is, uh, employee assistance EAP. I gotta call EAP on back in the insurance card okay. and tell them, look, this is what's going on. I'm not used to somebody talking to me condescending. Yeah. And it makes me feel some type of way, and I want to. I'm used to reacting versus 
let's talk about it. Yeah. So now I'm at a point where I say, okay, so you think a certain kind of way. Right. Why is that? Help me understand. Help me understand Help this. Me. Communication is key. Right. Definitely key. Yeah. So now I'm able to do that effectively and have establish effective communication while building a foundation so we both can have an understanding of one another. Right. That's what therapy does. Okay. Okay. True. I get that. So question. Um tell me your, I want your opinion on this. Do you feel like like um the words PTSD and anxiety, do you feel like sometimes that's a, a cover up or a mask for things and I and before you answer, I see that because like for instance, my mother she don't drive on the highway. Like she, she had accident on the highway, and she, she like she say anxiety. I'm my anxiety won't let me do this and drive in the city. Now, this was years ago, maybe 20 years ago, mm -hmm. something like that. So, I, I don't see this to her, but in my mind, I feel like, and we'll probably have a conversation. It's been a while since she used that, but in my mind, it's like, at this point, if you don't try, for one, if you say. You know your faith in God, and you you go by the book, you do all everything you say. Like you you gotta say God got you regardless. So you can't say that you can't do stuff because of anxiety. Because if you trust in God the way you say you do, then you gotta do what you gotta do. And if if it's meant to be, it's gonna be. Like if you if it's take a time, you go. All right, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna drive down this road and say oh, I can't do it. All right, God got you. You gonna get you off this road. But if you keep going, you're like all right, I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep pushing, and vice versa. You you going you going but but if you don't do that you hiding behind I got anxiety so it's cool I can I can say I got anxiety so I don't got to do this stuff but my thing is this do you feel like it can be a mask for stuff or pushed because like I said that situation wherever you crutch yeah because I feel like a Absolutely. lot of but you not all lying. the time though but you not all lying. the time you ain't lying but, but I'm gonna say but, but it, gives us, it gives us an excuse it gives it gives oh, us, it, it gives us a yeah, lane yeah. to use yeah. ain't no motherfucking yeah, question yeah, 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 now yeah. you speaking about that that takes responsibility with a person that has honor okay now what I now that's what my wife tries to stand on that, no that not try to that's what she does stand on she was like come on yo mm. you know what the fuck going on you know what you can handle what you can't you're more capable to have effective communication without using ostentatious language so why do you cuss so much okay. you have a you have a vernacular okay you choose to bring the lesser right, right. you want to be the lesser right right you and know I right think, from wrong but you don't go with and I right. think that's what a lot of us if we have choices mm -hmm. We play them. It's like playing cards. Yeah. We play them. Especially yeah. our generation. Yeah. If That's you got a way out. If you got a way we, out. We're going to play our cards. Yeah. If we can finesse or we yeah. can uh, we can do what we do. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. Yeah. Now, the younger generation, mm -hmm. they don't play no card. It's yeah. either they doing the right thing and they all the right and passionate for the right thing. Or they doing or they wrong, wrong and it's all, and they all the way passionate they for the right thing. They ain't trying to hear nothing. They don't want to hear nothing in the yeah. middle. Yeah, true. You feel true, me? True, true. Our generation was the... We're going to play the fence. Mm -hmm. Or both sides. Or both sides. Yeah. We're going to dip and dabble. Yeah. And hopefully we will, hopefully God praying, we'll make it where we're supposed to land. Right, right. You feel me? Right. And I think now I'm coming out of that. Okay. Because what you just said touched on what my wife was saying a year, year or two ago. Mm-hmm. She's like, come on, yo, you know what the fuck is hitting yeah, for. Yeah, people abuse that. But I that. just came, and I'm going to be honest, I just came. And I told her and my mom, I just came to the accountability road the other night. I was smoking some haze. <laughs> and I was sitting by myself and I was like, come on, yo, you bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, I'm a Gemini. So I can really, I ain't crazy, <laughs> but I can really have a conversation with myself yeah, and yeah. really weigh it out. You're conscious, yeah. You, you feel me? So I'm like... Cause normally I just go to yo mm -hmm. and just give him anything, and yo would just help me cipher it out. That's good, you got somebody. But see, to. that doesn't help with the PTSD and the anxiety. It just makes us lazy, and it makes okay, us okay. it makes us have an excuse. I can see so that. me in this moment, mm -hmm. trust me, I'm really fully engaged in myself, and I'm really like, what can I do better? Mm -hmm. Stop sending, stop sending random bitches friend requests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause I'm bored. Right, right. But 
if, if it just one day just happened to come up and she just happened to look over my shoulder and be like, yo, why the fuck you sent that bitch? Who the fuck is... Now my PTSD and anxiety is going to go through the roof because now she ramming on me <laughs> for something I ain't got no business even doing. Right, right, but you right. see what I'm saying? I could help myself. Yeah, yeah. Not even doing the it's shit that I'm accustomed right to doing. Yeah. Nigga. I, I'm not in the streets, but I still got them street ways. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Forever. The shit is ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's shit that I know <laughs> I shouldn't be doing. Moving. Yeah, I, I got like, you. I got you. I'll be going on. And then when I'm in shit, I'll just be like, can I have a pass? <laughs> I know better. Let's have a conversation yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, they yeah. be like, nah, bitch. <laughs> nah. But I really do think what you say is true about you people using it as an excuse because if we give us that time to I'm talking about us speaking to us people mm-hmm. with labels PTSD anxiety mm-hmm. if you give your time if you give yourself time enough to be able to think about what the person is saying mm-hmm. remove the emotions from it right I think a lot of the PTSD and anxiety has to deal with the emotions Big time. if we remove that shit from it and be able to sit with the, what the person's saying, not how they saying it. Mm-hmm. Fuck the projection of it. Sit with what they saying mm-hmm. and who they are to you. Mm-hmm. Then give a response. Okay. okay. Because you can say, yo, you smoke entirely too much weed. Mm-hmm. Bop, bop, bop. My response is going to be, bitch, I got a job. I take care. <laughs> I take care of my bills. Right. Instead of saying, Mook, why you feel that way? Yeah. Maybe you see something that I don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Communicating. Communicating. And yeah. it has to be established effectively and has some kind of form of validation. Yeah. Because if I can't ask you them questions if our relationship ain't validated. Yeah. Because you just uh, associate. So what? The, you just wasting your time and mine. We just bullshitting each other. Right. Because it's one thing to take criticism, but you ain't taking it from no anybody. Come on, yo. Right. And why, why you think they call this Charm City? We could charm our you could charm our way out of anything or into anything. That's real. I ain't never I never thought of it like that. That's you real. That's why you call it charm city. Yeah, yeah. Bitch, we'll charm ourselves into some shit. Yeah. And charm our way out of it. Hell yeah, okay. You feel me? So with that in mind, I just know that sometimes my tongue is quicker than what my, my mind is doing. Mm. So if a situation sounds good, I'm quick to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Versus sitting back and being like, that don't even fit me. Right. That's not even for me. Right. How can I manipulate that and make that fit my situation? Gotcha. If it's not even what God had for me. Right. He just letting me see how he blessing Joe Samo. Yeah. But me, I want to intervene some kind of way. Right. Nah. Be Y'all happy for Joe Samo. And wait till and, you get and yours. And wait till I wait, get mine. Mm-hmm. That creates anxiety and PTSD as well. Because you tired of waiting. Tired of Niggas waiting. be like, oh, I've been poor my whole life. That was my whole thing. Yeah. Nigga. Somebody in our family gave me two ounces, and mm. I was 13. No, I was 14. Mm. All because I asked Joe to buy me some tennis shoes. He said, go get it yourself. Opened me up to a whole nother world of some bullshit. Mm. But today, I can say honestly and truly, I got some shit with me still, but... I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm conscious of, of where I come from. I'm conscious of who I desire to be. Right. And a lot of motherfuckers, this is just a footnote, mm-hmm. a lot of motherfuckers that you meet and you holler at, that be their representative. Mm-hmm. But one thing con artists are good at is living off their representative until you bust through that and be like, yo, the whole time, is. yo. Yeah, that ain't I would have accepted you for you. Yeah, yeah, that's real. You that's feel real. me? And then that's, that shit create anxiety and PTSD in itself, too, when motherfuckers being fake. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Question. You talked about medications and all that. What do you feel like we do for you? Nothing. With all, with all this? Nothing. You don't do nothing for you? Nothing. If at this point, it's just a, a habit. I'm just being honest. Okay. It's just a habit. It's something that I've been getting high since I was 13. All right. So it's just something that I do habitually that I'm accustomed to doing. I ain't got nothing. Now, what I do say is, um, I tie it to everything. If I'm going to get some pussy, I'm uh, hey, ask my wife. I tie that <laughs> motherfucker to everything. Hold up. She like, what? Hold yeah. up. We roll this and put this bitch together right, first. Right, right, right. You feel me? And I don't know what that got to do, but that, I, I, that's some kind of disability right there in itself. So, I so, tie that shit to everything. So, see, I'm, I'm, I'm referencing that because, so if, you, if that's the case, when you go through what you go through, do you feel like, if you don't have that, do you feel like that's... that's I going think to- I was better. I was better... 
I was a better person without it. When you was locked up, you were sober. Oh, I was, man, I was reading three books that was over 200 pages a day. That mean I'm reading 600 pages a day plus. Mm. Yeah. On average. I'm talking about two, three books a day. Right. Bro. Yeah. So the weed is a hindrance. Do I know better? Yes. Mm. At this point, it's an addiction. And that's a whole nother subject. Yeah. But it's okay. real. Yeah, yeah. It's serious. Been, but you know, I, I ask that because some people that But I don't think I'm addicted to the weed. I'm addicted to the shit I roll in. Yeah. The you don't words. you don't like papers? I hate them. I'm a 95. Look, I'm old school nigga. I want to see, either give me a, 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 a Caribbean, <laughs> a, a chocolate Dutch, or vanilla. Not them green ones. Um, and only Mizzle know how to roll them uh, Caribbeans. Yeah. And it'll give me a pack of backwards. I'm good to go. I'm starting out to like uh, blunts. I, I think I'm liking papers more now. I don't smoke that heavy, though, but I, I'm, I'm starting to like the papers more than the blunts. I mean, if you roll a paper joint, I'll hit that bitch, but... You prefer the bunch. All niggas prefer the bunch. That's that's how. That's. I mean, it's we niggas. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, you got niggas that like the the papers though. But to to me, that that harshness of the the bunch be hitting like a motherfucker now on me. I don't be liking that. I mean, we getting older. That's the one thing to keep in mind, also. True, true. But I but but in all reality, I I I brought that up because you know some people that got that or or got any condition. I definitely think marijuana is a better drug than anything. She's calling me now thinking I ain't at the end of you. Go ahead. <laughs> I definitely think marijuana is the better medicine if you're going to use any, because I don't fuck with the pills and none of that. Like, none of the prescription shit. I don't want to alter who I am because it's going right. to alter my relationship. And you see the effects and it's of gonna, it. It's going to alter. Like, you know, the, the, the number one reason why I don't use it, I'm hollering my man Cat Williams, tell him when he, he adopted that little boy, uh-huh. and he said the little boy used to run... Running around, boo, 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 and he gave him the medication, and he said, Shorty, why are you, what's up? Mm. What you think about? He said, running. But he couldn't run. He couldn't, he couldn't move. Okay. I don't, I don't want him to do that. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I do say is, it's better for me to get a handle on my condition because I'll be better for my family and for society. I agree with that, 100%. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm able to have this dialogue, if you offend me, let's have a conversation about it. Right. If it go left... As a man, we can handle that. Yeah. Accordingly. Yeah. It shouldn't lead to death. We we, we can knuckle up and do what we gotta do. Right. Feel what I'm saying? I can take an L. Mm. But if I got something on my chest, I want to be able to get it off. Express yourself. Now we in a in a, now it's it's different actions for different environments. Right. So if I'm at work and somebody offend me, uh, offend me, we gonna have a conversation. Yeah. Now in the up beginning. In it, I'm probably gonna have to walk away yeah. to get myself calmed down, but then I'm gonna say, "Hey, Mook, you think I can holler at you in the conference room where so we can have a conversation about yeah. what, what was just said?" Because I feel uncomfortable, and I don't want you walking away or going home feeling uncomfortable. If you feel some type of way, I don't know, but I do, so mm-hmm. I will feel better. If we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I can do that today. I can do that, and I can. I'm okay to be say, "Oh, I don't agree with that," but. Okay, if it makes fit your situation, mm-hmm. no, I ain't got a problem with giving you the ups. Cool, mm-hmm. fuck it. All right, you can have that. As long as we both got peace, I think that's what everybody want. Morning, middle, and end of the day, they want peace. Mm-hmm. Money brings peace. Mm-hmm. Clothes bring happiness. Bring peace. Mm-hmm. Everything ends with peace. All right, that's where I'm at today. Real shit, real shit. So what you what you feel like? Um, for the for the moving forward, so the the future, like you got you, you got two sons, right? Yeah. Your two boys, and then for yep. the future, I got Canyon and uh, Canyon new edition. So Her birthday coming up. So for the future of yourself, the future of society, and the future for your kids, what do you feel like needs to change for us as a people to move forward in a better way dealing with the uh, mental mental health? I think on on the whole scale, I think we need to embody that caption like we did in the 90s to take a village to raise a child i think we need to bring something like that back Mm -hmm. if not reintroduce that i should be accountable for you you should be accountable for me vice versa for your child my child if i see your child doing something i should be able to step in give that corrective criticism give that chastisement and give that correction Mm -hmm. right and i think if we all take notice of that and apply love humility some form of a discipline with with self that can be achievable. Mm-hmm. But until we 
come on one accord until we have understanding of who we desire to be and how we want to move forward. And is it consciously promoting self or is it promoting our community? And once we start promoting our community, I think you'll see a growth as a people more rapidly than it being stagnated here and there. Right, right. In my opinion. I agree. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. We definitely need that. And we need, but it's it's just, I think as a people, we got to realize, figure out, a, I mean, it all starting at home, but we got to figure out a way to to get everyone to get on that same accord, which seems like it's impossible, but homes, schools, and communities, but I don't even know if the community got the people no more, unless, unless it's negative shit, so. Well, next next weekend, um, we feeding the community. Okay. We're going to be out there. We haven't picked a uh, precise location, but we're going to start it next weekend where um, Brother Manny will be giving out clothes and we're going to do food, um, something hot, okay. early morning. That's what's up. And probably start setting up 7, 30, o'clock, start doing that again. I was doing that with uh, Keys Development about three years ago now mm-hmm. where I was mentoring the young people from uh, down Lexington mm-hmm. and all over the city for real. So... Mm-hmm. Um, what captivated me and what moves me and my family and, and my inner circle is is helping uplift the city in some kind of way. So my wife is vegan and she want to prepare prepare some food that we want to give away to the community and feed them those up. that need it. That's he he got a clothes outlet, Manny. Um, he gonna be able to give clothes to those that need it, and I think this is what's gonna happen. I just bought a, a truck, um, so I'm. We we all venturing into our entrepreneurial um, footsteps. Mm-hmm. So next time I see you, we should have something all up and going. Okay. And, uh, okay, that's what's up. Who knows what God has in store? So so uh, they can if anybody want to find a location, you are gonna have it on your, your uh, Instagram. Yeah, huh? you can holler at me on Facebook at Cassini Crosby C A S I N I Crosby C R O S B Y Instagram Mobish M O B I S H dot B E A N Z and uh, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, all right. Well, shit. On that note, we can wrap up. Um, anything you want to say before we close? Like, did you know? Speak yeah, on? I want to um say thank you for all those that were influential and in, uh, supporting me through my transition from coming, being in prison to coming home. Also, want to say um, thank you to my family, Keon, Omar, all my brothers, my father, my best friend Manny. Um, rest in peace to Marlo from down. Yeah, Baker. Pete Marlo. Smart cousin T. Um, you know. And Silk, Maple Avenue. Shout out all my guys at Park Heights. Don Don, Lil Herman, Keezy Goldmouth. And uh, that's what it is. I just wish everybody peace, love, and happiness, man. Likewise. It sounds cliche, but that's just what it nah, is. Nah, that's, that's real shit. It's real shit. That's what yeah. we need anyway. Yeah. So, in closing, this uh, We Need Answers podcast, episode 61. We out. Be down, and guess what? We need answers. Fresh up out the track. Uh, uh, uh. Bitch, I hustle hard, gotta get that bag. Uh, uh. Bitch, I'm with the gang and my whole team drag. Uh, uh. You talking about some money, bitch? You need some more. You need some more. Mike, Mike, and Wong got that way. Bitch, watch your boat. Bitch, watch your boat. How about you?